0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Sisson. I am so, so happy to be back with you. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to last week's episode. If you didn't, I would encourage you to hop back. You're going to hear some real life stuff from me. It was some really heavy stuff, but I felt like I needed to share that. I am so happy to report that things are on the uphill journey. So we are just doing so much better. So I want to thank all of you for support that you've shown me over these last couple of weeks. With different things that have been happening. A few things for today's episode. One, you may notice my voice sounds a little funny. I am allergic to Illinois. Um, what's really interesting is that I'm from there. I was born and raised there. Every time I go back, I have allergic reaction. This time seemed to be kind of intense. So I'm still getting over it, doing much better now that I'm back in North Dakota. So I'm really excited about this episode. This actually, this idea came from a listener. They wanted me to talk about women's health and really the disparity in getting treatment for women. And I was so thrilled to be able to have seen, quite honestly, more information coming out about this. This has always been something that I've said from, quite honestly, probably the beginning of my social work career or somewhere around there, that it seems like women aren't taking as seriously with their health issues. And sometimes that seems a little extreme to say that, right? Like surely not every woman is not taken seriously. And you're right. Not every woman is um, not taken seriously. Some women are, but just because it's not true for you doesn't mean it's not true. So I would encourage you as you go through this podcast to keep that in mind, just because you haven't experienced this doesn't mean that it's not accurate. And just because we can absolutely love doctors and love medical professionals. I have so many dear friends and family members that work in the medical field and I love them and they are fantastic at their jobs and they do amazing work. But let's be real and let's be clear. There is always going to be some people in professions that are really passionate about their work. There's always going to be some people in professions that aren't and they don't take it as seriously, or maybe just aren't quite as naturally gifted for the position that they're in. And so they may not give the same effort or may not have the same abilities as somebody else. So that's not to say that all medical professionals are going to fall short by any means, but there are times when we're not getting answers as women, when we're not being taken seriously. So let's back up a little bit. How did this even come about? Like I said, a listener had mentioned, hey, maybe you should do an episode on this. I was excited about that. Around that same time, an article came out. Um, it was, I was going to go into it all, but quite honestly, guys, like I'll just tag it. If you want to read it, um, by all means, feel free. But the basic gist of it is um, that Americans find, like, okay, if you're shown, basically, they were shown a picture and they didn't know for sure if it was a boy or a girl. Um, So if they thought it was a boy, they always thought that the boy was in more pain than if it was a girl. And that was super fascinating to me um, and not surprising at the same time. I was like, yep, that makes sense. Um, It's just interesting that a study has finally been done about it. And maybe there were other studies, but I haven't heard about them. I don't know. Have you? So I went to my Facebook page. Now, granted, these are just people that I know in my daily life. So this isn't going to be a good representation of the nation as a whole. So keep that in mind. So I asked the question, I believe that my healthcare concerns have not been taken seriously by a medical professional at least one time or more throughout my life. So when I put this question out to men, or excuse me, to women, I had 41 votes. 90 percent, 90 percent said yes. 10 percent said no. Actually, I'll be honest, guys, I thought 10 percent was kind of high. I was like, wow, that's actually not too bad, you know. Um, but 90 percent of women feel that their healthcare needs haven't been taken seriously. So then I thought, well, I can't just ask women. Again, this is not super scientific, but I have to ask the men in my life. Now, it's obviously harder to get men to answer things and to be involved in stuff like this. Um, Not all the time, but a lot of times. And so only 16 men responded and half of them, it was their wives responding for them. (laughs) They would ask them and respond, but whatever, we got the answers. So 16 votes. So 69% said yes, that they felt that their healthcare concerns had not been taken seriously by medical professionals at least once or more time in their lives. And 31% said no. Now I was shocked. I'm not even going to lie to you. I thought that all of the men, for the most part, would say, nope, my healthcare concerns are always taken seriously. I have no idea what you're talking about. But that actually wasn't what happened. And that was Extremely fascinating for me and I think important to note, um, but we could have a whole, oh my gosh, we could have a whole series on um, Americans' healthcare system and um, some of the challenges that we face. But that's not what this episode is about. So please note that, yes, there is some disparity in men's care as well, um, but right now, even just that small group of people, there's a larger percentage for women who view that their healthcare concerns are not being taken seriously. So why does this happen? You know, that's a good question. I have a lot of theories behind it. And again, they aren't scientific, but here's what I kind of do. When someone tells me a story, and it's happened so often, especially women, about their healthcare not being taken seriously, in my mind, I will be honest, I am angry. Like again, this is happening again. This is just insane that we can't, it feels sometimes like we can't make traction in this. Like, why is this happening again? Why has a woman been suffering with health issues for so long? So here's what I think it goes down to. I think it starts from an early age. I was talking with a coworker of mine, and we talked about how a lot of times women are more proactive and sometimes even more in tune with what's going on with their own body. So a woman is probably going to be more likely to go to the doctor when they notice that something is just not quite right. Now, again, these are just generalizations, and so it doesn't mean that every man or every woman is going to be like this. But overall, women want answers and want help. So what I think happens a lot of times is that if a woman tends to go to the doctor quite often, they get labeled as a hypochondriac and aren't taken seriously. And I mean, we see this time and time again. Um, Someone will say they had one thing going on and they were told by 12, I just saw this Twitter um, feed about it. There's a lady that went to, I think it was like 17 different doctors, 17 guys, 17 different doctors. And until the 17th one, she didn't get answers on what was going on. And the things that were told to her were just so dismissive. I mean, it was things like, this is all in your head. Your you're focused on a trauma that you had, which it doesn't reportedly doesn't sound like she um had, and so like all of these just really bizarre statements about why this was happening to her, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. So if you want to go over to Twitter, you can check it out at hashtag My Doctor Said. Um, it was Susanna was the lady that started this, but I think it's a great conversation to have. So that's a portion of it. Is women truly get labeled as hypochondriacs a lot of times? Men also often don't want to go to the doctor. So at times, by the time they go in, there can be some like a significant issue, but that isn't necessarily always true. I think the other thing too, is that men often are taught even from an early age to like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep trucking along. And I think in some ways women are taught that as well. Um, Not always, but can be taught that as well. But men are taught just to keep going no matter what it is. And so I think a lot of times in doctors' minds, they think, well, if a man is here for help, something must be really wrong. I think at times women are dismissed as emotional or um, told that there's something with their mental health going on. I have so, so many clients that have been told, this is just your anxiety. And it actually ended up being a significant health issue. I have people who are given just random random medications, and I'm not a medical professional, so this is not me trying to, I never talk about medications with clients, not me trying to prescribe or anything like that. I don't really think about that. But from what their report, they're prescribed a lot of random medications for things that they never even dealt with, just to kind of push them on out the door. But can you imagine if you're given medications that don't really, doesn't really treat what's actually going on with you, that you would come back and you would want answers? I mean, it makes sense to me that woman, mem- women would want some help, doesn't it? I don't think it sounds that outrageous to think we don't want to be in pain or we don't want to be whatever it is that's going on. We don't want to be dealing with that. We want to feel our best and live our best life. And you can't do that when you don't feel good. I also think sometimes that women have a harder time advocating for themselves. When you're young, you often get a lot of praise from others for behaving in a certain way. A lot of times you might hear someone say, oh, she's such a good girl about their child or their grandchild or someone they randomly see. And why are they being praised? Because they're being complacent and they're following in line with whatever the person wants them to do. And so that starts to, I mean, you start to notice what gets you good praise. And so if just falling in line gets you good praise, people have a hard time then later on actually advocating for their needs. So it's kind of, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It's happened to me before. I'll be honest. You know, you have all these questions. You go to the doctor, you ask them, they spew out information to you, or they spew out information then ask you if you have any questions and you've forgotten everything, or you don't feel comfortable bringing it up anymore. I mean, I know one time I asked my doctor, I'm not my current doctor, but a previous doctor, I said, you know, there was something that was happening in like different parts of my body. And I was like, Hey, does not make sense that that would be connected. Oh no, those are completely separate. And maybe they are, guys. I mean, really, again, I'm not a medical professional, but I do believe that our body is connected. So if the same thing is happening in different parts of your body, it would make sense to me that it could potentially be connected. And to be completely dismissed like that was quite honestly very hurtful and made me feel kind of hopeless at the same time. Like, well, I'm never going to know why this is going on or what I could do to change it. And it becomes a problem. So I had asked the listeners, I had said, I don't know if any of you had saw this, but I had said, Hey, is there anyone who would be willing to share their medical stories with me that I could share on the podcast without using identifying information? And we got some responses. So I'm going to share a few of those with you, and then we're going to break them down a little bit. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to pop in here for a minute to see if you might do me a favor. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope that you are. And if you are, the best thing that you could do to help us spread encouragement throughout the world is to take a screenshot of it, put it on your social media using the hashtag Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. That'll help us spread the news and get more people in the Encouragers community. Thanks so much. Okay. So this first one comes from someone who lives in a rural area. A common issue in our rural area is primary care physicians are in a revolving door. We are asked to pay for a meet and greet in order to be accepted as a new patient. The person leaves within a year year to a year and a half, often before their services are needed. We have to pay to meet three or four in the past five or six years and use their services maybe once or even never before they move on. I understand that they want to get experience and move on, to a more lucrative area, but I couldn't get into the clinic in town because it books up so fast. I have seen a physician's assistant as the doctor had left. I went to the town's prompt care. The doctor for the day flipped out that I had no longer, or that I no longer had a regular physician. Prompt care is not a substitute for having a regular physician. All of these things sounded reasonable, except her, her tone was absolute hostility. She blew off my symptoms, I was coughing so prolonged that I could barely teach, make it through the day, and had to give up all sense of bladder control. She was livid, actually. The staff seemed subdued, and there was a horrible vibe in the place. She would not prescribe anything, and I left exhausted and fighting tears. I tried to tell her the situation, and she said, I need to try again and go get a doctor. So I took her suggestion to heart after mulling it over and coughing for the next five to six weeks. My sister had met a new doctor and by August I was able to get in. Paid the 50 bucks to meet her and liked her. Another six or eight months and then I needed my first or I had my first reason to go see the doctor. The doctor was gone already. I go to prompt care. Yep, meanie doctor. She remembers me. Maybe she remembered my coughing, weak-ass attempt at sass from from the last time. She barely begins her tirade, and I tell her to look at my chart. I told her how I'd taken her advice to heart and what happened. She looked at my chart, and her face changed. She said that she did note it happened again. She was not friendly or kind, but prescribed what I need. And now it'll play out over and over again. And that's what's unfortunate is it's not like these situations are just happening once. It's this continuing revolving door. I love how she mentioned that about the doctors. You know, doctors do move a lot. And certainly, I mean, all professions move and that's okay. And I don't think, you know, just like she said in there, no one is blaming doctors or anyone for wanting to move on. That makes sense. But what ends up happening is you don't get any answers and you don't have consistency. And the, you know, continuity of care is just not there. It's just not. And so you feel hopeless and dismissed. And even sometimes it leaves you with a sense of not wanting to mention if you have other health issues going on. And how terrible is that to feel like you can't tell anyone what's going on with you and you can't get the help that you need because you're going to be ridiculed for a system that you can't control. It's not like our listener was shipping all the doctors out or can help the fact of where they live. They live where they live and they work where they work. And the doctors leave, and that's not the client's fault. Patients don't decide if doctors leave or go, the doctors do. And again, we don't expect anyone to live their entire life in one area, but it's really problematic. And we have gaps in our healthcare system, and truly, women are suffering for it. The next situation, unfortunately, is one that I see time and time again it's about postpartum care. I'm so thankful for this listener writing in. The birth of my first son was the worst experience I've ever had. I tore horribly during birth. I was given a ton of pain meds afterwards and given some pain or giving some meds to help. They did not help. I could not go up the stairs. More than three stairs killed me. My wonderful husband moved our bedroom into our living room to make this better for me. At my six-week checkup, I let my doctor know of my inability to go upstairs and that I could not stand for more than 30 minutes without being in tons of pain. She told me everything was normal and that I would be fine in a week or so. A few weeks later, I called her to tell her I was still in a lot of pain and still couldn't stand for more than about 30 minutes. She basically told me to take some Tylenol and to get over it. It took me almost six months to be out of pain and have the ability to stand for long periods of time. I also had postpartum depression that was ignored by this doctor. I had to call another doctor to get help for that. He also told me it wasn't normal for me to be in pain, but that he wasn't that kind of doctor. He did kindly order me pain meds, though. It wasn't until I was pregnant with my second son and voiced my concerns to my new doctor about what happened before it was confirmed that something was not right. She would not directly tell me that the other doctor did something wrong, but her face said it all. She repeatedly told me that it would be different this time. I had a lot of anxiety until after the birth of my second son, and had no pain. I mean, do you hear the emotion in that? Do you hear the pain that this woman went through? For over six months? That pain's not normal. It's not, and it was dismissed time and time again. And then Tylenol is not going to fix something if it's wrong. Again, not a medical professional. Always got to put my disclaimer out there. But it's it's not a long-term solution for if something is really wrong in your body. And realistically, we know postpartum depression is hard. And it affects so many people. And it's not identified enough. And people aren't given the help that they need enough. And so if you're dealing with pain on top of postpartum depression, Can you imagine how hopeless that would feel at times? I mean, my heart literally breaks. My heart breaks. I have so much empathy for both of these ladies and the situations that they dealt with. And this isn't even the tip of the iceberg, guys. The amount of women who are dealing with painful, serious health issues and are not getting the care that they want is just insane. What is even more sad to to share is that there are other things that make it even more challenging. Obviously, being a woman, your ethnicity or your race, your economic status, your weight, your mental health. I get so passionate. I'm sure you can hear in my voice how, I'll be honest, I'm angry. I'm angry that this keeps happening. Something has to change. It just has to. You're telling me that based on race, ethnicity, economic status, weight, mental health, gender, I mean. You're telling me that based on all of these things, healthcare is not going to be as helpful or healthcare, is not, healthcare professionals aren't going to be as receptive to be able to help? That is ridiculous. I'm just going to say it like it is. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm so frustrated by that. And I try to help women all of the time advocate for themselves. Advocate, advocate, advocate. Nobody is going to do it for you. And that is what is so hard. If advocating for yourself is not something that you're used to, then it's really challenging. It's so challenging to do that. But here's the thing. You're living your daily life, right? You're living it. So if you are in pain or if you know something is not right, I would encourage you to keep going until you get answers because it's only affecting your life and the life of your family and your friends. It's not affecting the doctors or it's not affecting whoever that is. That's not listening to you. It's not affecting their life. They get to go home and not deal with those problems. You are dealing with your problems. So if you have to deal with an issue, then they need to listen. And if that doctor doesn't listen, do like the lady on Twitter did. Go to 18 doctors if you need to. Go to 25 if you need to. I know it's expensive. I'm not, I'm, I'm not immune to that. I'm not ignorant to that. I know that it is expensive. I know that that cost. But here's the thing. Quality of life matters. It matters for mental health. It all is connected. Our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health, it is all connected. And if one part of it is off, it all is off. So, whatever you need to do, whatever way you can advocate for yourself, your friends, your family members, whatever that may be, even if you have to say, I don't care if I have a mental illness, I'm still dealing with a health issue, or even if you have to say, I don't care. I just had a baby. This pain is not right. Whatever that may be, I would encourage you to speak up. And I know it's hard. I know it is so hard. And I am not blaming anyone for their health issues or not being listened to. That is not on you. I want to be really clear. This is not on you. This is on those who are not listening to you, but you have a choice. You can sit there and you can have people be dismissive or you can f- keep going and keep fighting until you get answers. And I hope you do the second option because you deserve answers. You deserve a good life. I want you to have a high quality of life. I want me to have a high quality of life. I want it so bad for all of us that I'm, ah, you can tell in my voice. I'm just so passionate about it. I want so badly for everyone to have a healthy quality of life. And I hate that there are some roadblocks here. Okay. Okay. So now that I'm off my soapbox on that, <laughs> I hope that this episode was helpful for you to just know that you, if you are not being listened to, you are not alone. If you feel like you know doctors are being dismissive, you are not alone. If you're a medical professional, we love you. We honor you. We respect you and everything that you're willing to do. You are doing a good job. If you're doing a good job, we are cheering for you, absolutely. Just know that every time you listen to a patient that makes a difference in their life. And you are doing amazing. I hope you guys have a great day and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellycisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.